Okay. Um, let's maybe just uh, kick things off. Um, so, Nicole, why don't we uh, start off with an intro about uh, you and uh, Duelist Kings, and then we can go from there. Uh, yes, definitely. So, uh, hi, everyone, and thanks for having me here. Uh, it's 8 a.m. here in Vietnam, where most of our team is based. So, it's just the start of the morning on Friday. So, I hope everyone is just also in a good mood to, uh, you know, to listen about Jules King and about our story. So, um, we kick-started the project back in May last year. Uh, so, we have grown to a team of 35 people right now. Uh, over half of them are developers, and we are mostly based in Vietnam, and so in the U.S. and India. Uh, we have already launched a tokens back in October through an initial farm offerings with PancakeSwap, uh, and we've got over $600 million committed in the IFO. Uh, we've also got a couple of other partners uh, to support the launch, like Impossible Finance and Camraza, uh, and also, of course, MSIC has been one of our dear friends, you know, along the way. Um, and following the launch of the tokens, we have also sold uh, half a million, half a half a million NFTs already, uh, and the the sales were supported by Polygon and Phantom. And just like right before this, um, you know, this uh, Twitter Spaces, we have we have been listed on MEXC Global just yesterday. And uh, this also followed the, uh, I think, the excitement around our closed alpha on March the 3rd. So in terms of the game development, we have already got uh, the closed alpha ready and it has been... Uh, accessible to 2,000 people out of a long list of 25,000 registrants. Uh, and following uh, this launch, uh, we are collecting feedbacks from the community so that we would be able to launch the public alpha in April. And in June, we're going to have the player versus environment version where you can play against the machine and, of course, you know, get some earnings out of the game. So with our game, uh, we try to make it as uh, accessible and as affordable as possible. So the entry barrier is $25 if you buy the cards directly from us. So with uh, $25 investment in the first month, we have calculated that basically if you participate in the game and if you win in the game, uh, then the ROI, the return is around 500% for you in the first month. Um, so what's different about Duelist King is that um, we are we aim to be the leading multi-chain NFT card game. So multi-chain in a way that uh, we also want to create this um, interoperable um, experience for the gamer, starting with um, you know a lot of these emerging chains like BNB Chain, Polygon, and Phantom, uh, where people can actually trade their NFTs and their game items across different chains. Um, but also we are thinking of like partnering with other games and other guilds as well to make sure and other metaverse projects as well so that we would be able to create this, um, I think, cross-game interoperability later on. Um, with the game itself, we are an NFT card game. So um, it's actually a more intense and hardcore genre of the game where you would need to spend 
you know, a bit of time doing the research into the gameplay and make yourself familiar, you know, with the how the how the cards are, you know, are going to play against the other. Um, but the key thing is that, of course, card game is about battles and duels and also like, you know, tournaments. So this is something that we also want to create and we want to encourage the community later on to be able to, you know, participate and, of course, you know, duel against their friends, um, other gamers as well, to be able to have the winnings and other earnings for the game. Um, other than that, of course, uh, we are also like working on a lot of these in-house infrastructure uh, for the game. So, for example, with the card distribution, uh, it's an on-chain process. Oh, uh, yes, Nicole. Uh, so, without maybe um, just uh, going, covering the entire project, but, uh, but um, mm -hmm. maybe, so our, our kind of style of Twitter space is more um, Farsight chat style, where we um, mm -hmm. invite kind of founders from um, from projects, and um, it's good to cover kind of your background and a and, um, bit more of kind of what, got you guys started building this and what are some unique aspects of um, why did you choose to tackle um, sort of GameFi and um, is, is there any specific area that um, you kind of saw missing in the industry that um, you kind of specifically implemented in your game which um, other you know our listeners and, and our partners as well could, um, could learn from and maybe look for similar types of projects or um, you know, what, what is a kind of an alpha leak in this sense, right? I think those those are the most applicable um, for um, general audience. So, yeah, just um, I'm curious if um, a bit more background story as well. Okay. Um, so I think one of the key, the, 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 let's say the, the, the backgrounds of the, of, the, of the project is that, of course, we have seen that um, at the moment there's a huge gap between blockchain gaming and mainstream gaming. Um, I think especially in terms of the the quality of the gameplay and the game design, even the game visuals. Um, so what we want to do is that we want to create this game where you can actually enjoy the game as a game first. And of course, uh, in also of course, blockchain technology, it's gonna, it helps add on some extra nice layer of earnings where people can have more incentive, incentives uh, to join uh -huh. the game. So I think that shortly, yeah, in short, that's, uh, that's the main motivation that we've got. And our founding team, we've known each other for six years uh, before going, you know, getting together for this project. And of course, we have seen that um, our networks, our skills are complementary to each, to the other. And we think that it's also a, a great time last year, like back in May, when the NFT uh, boom is just like, you know, it, it's like it has just started. So uh, we got together. Of course, we love King. So we have, um, you know, started the project. And then basically what we're trying to do is that, of course, as I mentioned, so we invest a lot of our efforts in the gameplay and the game design and make sure that this is also a hardcore game that can match a mainstream game. Um, but on the other hand, with the earnings, um, we, of course, also have some of these play-to-earn mechanics to start with, you know, to entice people to try out the game. But uh, along, uh, but down further down the road, um, as I mentioned, so card game is about battles and duels, and that's where the most excitement comes comes from. So we do actually want people to 
uh, follow or advocate for this, what we call win to earn model. So the earnings are going to be commensurate to the earnings in the game. So it's not just a game where you just leave your computer, you know, in autopilot mode and earn the, the income in a passive way. But we do want people to actually spend their time in their, their time and efforts in the game. And that's where, you know, once they are able to win the game, then they would earn some uh, earnings out of it. Um, so I think this is going to be a more sustainable earning model in the game and as well as, you know, like how we can keep the community and how we can keep the gamers engaged and incentivized along the way. Um, yeah, instead of, sure. Yeah. We've been seeing a lot of these uh, more play and earn uh, where, you know, it's not just um, a full mission for just their participation. Rather, some of them are PvP, Others are, are luck-based or um, you have to form a guild and you have to actually be, be very involved and know how to play the game well. It's, um, then you can actually earn. So um, definitely one area that I think um, uh, the, actu- the games who actually have gameplay and I want to create kind of long-term experience is, is going towards. Um, yeah, so... Uh, maybe we can kick back to Luke and, and Luke. Yeah, so like, what are some measures you guys are taking to balance your guys' economy? Because like we've seen with the most successful uh, the most successful games that we've seen so far, especially like the play-to-earn games, uh, they've been more akin to like uh, inflationary farms that we've seen in the past where they have... Uh, uh, an initial boom phase, and then they they die off uh, as people, um, as the inflationary takes over too much for new participants to to buy and keep up the price, and uh, eventually we see a, a dying out in the games. So I guess to bring this all back around, uh, what are the measures to you guys are implementing to uh, try to solve this? Um, so I think, first of all, uh, we don't follow the normal dual tokens uh, like a lot of the P2E projects out there. Uh, the main tokens in our project is DKT, which is our governance token, and people would need to uh, you know, buy these tokens later on so that they can convert to in-game points. And only with these in-game points, they can trade and buy the in-game items. And uh, we are like creating a lot, you know, a different, like different kind of facets of value in the game. So we have the NFTs, of course, uh, the cards, which are the most valuable items in the game. But we also have other game items that you can trade in our in uh, in our in-game marketplace. So people can actually have a lot of these like earning sources out of the game. Um, the second is that. Um, we don't, as uh, I think, with the reward with the reward pool, it does not just come from us. Uh, but with the PVE uh, starting this June, uh, we are trying to, of course, you know, offer a a reward pool that is generated by the project in the beginning, and then people can, of course, uh, once they win in the game, um, they will be able to earn out of the game. But this is mostly to incentivize people not just to sit in there and earn out of the game. <clears throat> Sorry, but it is uh, to incentivize people to understand and do research about the game and master the skills. So once the PvP version of the multiplayer feature kicks in by the end of this year, 
that's where we can host the tournaments. And what's more important is that the, the players can actually host their own tournaments and the winners can, you know, can win the money off the losers. So we would allow people to do bettings, host tournaments in the game, and by that time, Duelist King would step back and, and play a more kind of backseat role where we can facilitate the playground and the platform for people to to do this, um, you know, to host the battles and the tournaments. So I think that's going to be a more sustainable way for the game to move forward. Um, it's actually very similar to mainstream games, um, but I think once we have been able to match the quality of a mainstream game, so that's where we can actually um, maintain or offer a more sustainable earning model in the game. Um, the uh, the tournament system that you just described, would that be uh, multi-chain itself or would that just be contained in select ecosystems or, uh, yeah, would that just be contained in select ecosystems? Um, so by April, um, we will be able to migrate all of our the assets um, and also the NFTs to BNB chain to start with. So that will be our anchor chain. But we are also talking with a couple of other, uh, even layer two and also like, you know, like other main chains um, to, for, for integration. Um, so actually this um, payment, I would say this cross-chain layer is, is developed in-house. So we are also building our own bridge. So hopefully by when the multiplay feature, you know, kicks in, um, that's going to be across dif uh, different chains as well. So we also want to give the, the, the gamers a, a more seamless experience when they, when they interact with the game and especially the newbies so that they don't have to face the confusion of, you know, changing networks or having to, to integrate with too many chains at one time. I, I have a question around the multi-chain part. So, so I, I think this is a good point. Like, um, it, right now, it's a lot of ask for even someone to, to get a wallet, let alone, you know, um, add multiple chains and understand all mm -hmm. that. So how are you guys doing this specifically? Um, what, what are you taking away to improve the UX? Um, so I think for now, what we what we've seen is that with this layer, it's actually not like an on-chain um, kind of settlement layer. So we are thinking of a more like a hybrid model. Um, it's actually a bit more complicated in terms of the technicality. Uh, but I, I mean, we've already laid this out on uh, one of our white paper. Um, so the platform that we have used for dual listing is called Origin Network, and that's an in-house infrastructure that we've used for our game and also for other games later on. So pretty much we're just going to create this. Um, it's like a, a, a on top layer on top of different chains. And we will create this. Um, you can call it. It's like a it's like a side chain of payment. And then basically we can allow we would allow people to be able to settle their payments within this layer in a low cost uh, way. And then actually we, they will be able to exit the chains uh, you know, in with with any change that they want, um, by creating this, um, you know, kind of also micro side chain inside that. So um, this is definitely we are trying it out by this April, like where we migrate our NFTs on Polygon and Phantom to BNB chain, and we will be able to, you know, to show you how it actually works by then. So uh, yeah, 
like uh, this is also something that we also want to to do and later on it's going to be also very easy fairly easy to integrate with other EBM compatible chains too gotcha. yeah I'm looking forward to that I think um, the cross chain gaming part is, is kind of um, pretty underexplored because uh, right now you know youth is even in this period it's still pretty expensive for most use cases uh, especially in gaming so um, but at the same time, you know, assets is still kind of the best place to live is on ETH. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, so definitely lots of solutions for, for this stuff are needed yeah. to be explored. I don't think there's, there's a good solution yet overall. Um, so do you guys have, um, so the NFTs, um, for example, where do your NFTs live and, um, uh, have you considered kind of trade-offs between, you know, them being on ETH and very mutable versus on another chain that's just you don't need a bridge? Um, I think for now pretty much still we, we still need to pick like a, a chain like an anchor chain you know and then it's yeah. going to be easier here to set up this kind of um, it's like side chain or you can call it a state channel you know with other chains as well but then yeah. later on you know once we've been able to gather uh, I think certain liquidity I think you mentioned that point uh, and I think it's a, it's a good point that we also have to, it's not just about infrastructure, but how would people be, you know, how, how the liquidity will be sufficient for people to get in here and then they will be able to, to, to settle their payments out there. So um, I think we would need to, to start uh, with a, a pool and with a, a stable chain first before we can actually offer this kind of multi-chain assets with other chains as well. Um, uh, so, Along with this one, of course, we are building our own internal marketplace too, to make sure that people would make would be able to make the most of the NFTs and also the in-game assets uh, of Julius King. Gotcha. Okay. Huh. Um. Yeah, Luke. Do we have um some some points that we want to cover maybe uh, with Nicole and see what they think? Um, maybe related topics. Yeah. Um, something I wanted to bring up was, uh, I've seen this mentioned once or twice where the move, uh, is particularly with like Axie and, uh, uh and just play to earn models where they involve, uh, free assets for, uh, non-committed players to play. So players who don't have the, the in-game assets. Um, where they have these free characters to, to play in the game. Uh, uh, people see this as like a, uh, a downside to the economy. And uh, I was wondering what your thoughts on this was, uh, because we see Parallel coming out with a similar feature where they have their, um, I think they're called ghost cards or something like that, where they have their own set of free cards that they'll issue to players so that they can play the game. Do you think this ultimately grows the game, or do you think this hinders the game's uh, assets price action? Um, I think the that model actually works in the beginning, where you where you'll need to um, gather a sufficient initial um, turnout for the game, and you know just to have the initial momentum for the game to to move forward. Um, even with the, a lot of these P2E games out there, I think they've done a great job of um, gathering some initial interest. 
Um, but what I see is that if they don't just focus on the gaming experience or refining the experience for the gamers, if it's just about earnings and then, you know, it's like a, th there's, there's little way that they can actually maintain the game in the long run without having to pump money in on a constant basis. So I think even with us, um, we cannot, of course, we cannot, uh, um, of course, deny the fact that P2, P2E is important in the beginning, you know, just to get people to, to be excited about the game. Um, but what we are doing differently is that we are laying out this um, roadmap, uh, I would say six months, between the, uh, the, the PPE version and the PVP version. So once you've been able to play against the machine, once you can get used to the gameplay and master your skills and, of course, get some earnings out of there, we would also want people to start, um, of course, working towards the um, um, and getting themselves familiarized with the multiplayer uh, feature where the, the real battles happen, where you're playing against other players, which is more exciting, more earnings, and definitely you need to refine your skills as well. So I think um, pretty much, I, I, I think with a lot of the, the P2E games out there, it's also, uh, it's also crucial that they need to, to find some way to, um, I think, to, to find their own direction or, or, or sharpen the vision. So eventually, if the core value of the key hook for the gamers in the game is does not center around the gaming experience, um, it's also a very big challenge and a big risk to, to the game itself. So we are trying to go like the longer, like hard way of getting people to, to stay in here for the game and uh, to get people to invest the time in the game. But I think eventually uh, people would, if we can deliver a good quality game and also, of course, a good narrative of how they can get the earnings of the game, then the Dualist King will be able to stay here in the long run. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's a good take. Um, I, I heard you mention earlier that you guys are uh, looking into partnering with guilds um, to help like bootstrap your economy, your, I mean, your in-game, uh, economy. How are you guys going about choosing guilds? Are you guys choosing just the flagship, uh, guilds or are you guys choosing more micro guilds? And, uh, what are your like thesis on this? Um, yeah, I think this is a great question. So, uh, we are also working with a couple of the guilds out there, but I think mostly, first of all, it's uh, it's smaller guilds uh, to start with, because um, our let's say our, our genre game it's more picky and more, you know, it's uh, it's slightly different from other kind of games. So we will really need to find some of the guilds out there who are willing to try out this new type of game and it's uh, and and let's say who also share the same vision with us. If they believe in our vision, then they will be able to to partner with us. Because, uh, frankly speaking, we're not just offering a casual game that you can just earn money, you know, like massively uh, without having to spend a lot of time and efforts in the game. So just I think with the micro guilds, they are more um, they, they are more willing to, to try this out with us. Second, secondly, we, of course, we are also looking to have uh, different partners or key partners in different regions um, that match with our demographics. So for now, the main demographics that we have are in Southeast Asia. So we have Vietnam, the Philippines, 
and uh, also the uh, Indonesia among our top three. But we also have a big uh, community in the U.S. And, and, and Europe and also South America. I think um, where they inherently have a, a good um, card game, uh, a big card game community. So we also want to specifically look at some of the guilds who have strong base um, in these strong fortes in these in these countries, and that we would be able to have a more, uh, I think, localized approach uh, when we when we want to to reach other communities here. Um, so M six has been helping us to reach out to some of these guilds too. Uh, and for now, I would say in Southeast Asia, we have been partnering with both the the bigger one and the smaller one, like Gilfi in Thailand, GGG in Indonesia, blockchain space in the Philippines. But we are hoping, of course, to expand to Australia, um, also in, in, in Europe and, and in the U.S. as well, thanks to the support from our partners, um, you know, in, in the, let's say, like coming soon. So we are involving the Gil not only when the game is out, but we have started to work with them right now to um, offer them some limited spots in the closed alpha for the closed alpha version. Uh, to, we also want to gather as many feedbacks as possible from the guilds and the community. And once the game is out, we, hopefully this is going to be a collaborative effort between us and the community and, of course, with the guilds as well. Okay, great. Um... Yeah, so uh, is there any upcoming uh, to kind of round this off uh, and then we can move on into the narratives? Uh, is there any upcoming, up and coming events you guys have? Um, so, I mean, our, our public alpha is going to be ready, I think, in April. So uh, we, we are definitely open for, you know, extra registration. So we've got 25,000 people registered for now. But, of course, the list is still... You know, keep the the list still keeps keep expanding. So if you are, if you want to give it a shot, you can actually you definitely like sign up for our alpha version. And I think by April we're going to have this uh, public alpha plus the card sales. So if you want to, of course, you know, gather some cards like affordable ones, uh, which is one dollar per card. And I think that's a good time for you to, to you know, to give it a try. And by uh, June, we're going to have the official game launch. Um, so I, from now until then, of course, we also have weekly uh, weekend giveaways and activities so that if you follow our handle at Duelist NFT on Twitter and Telegram, you will be able to, of course, join our community for free and, of course, enjoy all of the perks out there. And hopefully you can become one of our early advocates uh, when we have the game launch. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, I can't wait. Um, is there any uh, other new narratives or any new games that you're interested in the uh, that you're interested in, in in the gaming space, Nicole? Um, so I think mostly we're just, um, we are all in for this card game right now. So I think uh, we are also very much into this. And we're also looking into other, I think, card games out there who are working around um, the space. Um, I think for myself, I'm, I'm more interested in the community schemes that people are having for, for the game. So I think I'm also like looking at a couple of these activities of, 
emerging games like I think Star Atlas and Skyweaver and of course like Cypher in Vietnam. So they are also very close to us. So we are just having like a bunch of different genres of the game that we are looking at just to see what we can learn from them as well. Yeah, great. Mm-hmm. Um Anyways, we're going to open this up into our narratives uh, segment where we kind of just talk about the market as a whole. Uh, And then feel free to jump in wherever you uh, feel like, uh, Nicole. So um, I think the one of the more interesting things that I saw coming out this week was the the dot uh, XCM, which I don't think you guys know too much about bacon and and uh nope. yeah whoever else is on this call and that was dot uh, it was a feature that was kind of put on hold until they could fully implement it and mm-hmm. it's um it allows for multiple swaps to happen all at once so you can send like funds over to mover make a swap over to stable coins and then send those funds over to like a, a a calla and then uh, lend those stable coins and then get it all approved in one transaction. Um, I'm really sure this is going to be launched here pretty soon. I don't think it's fully implemented yet, but this is one of the big narratives for uh, the, the, uh, the dot season that we never really got. That's a really cool feature. Um, so does it only support, uh, Swaps or everything, every every type of contract interaction. I think right now it only supports a limited number of features, um, but uh, right now it only supports a limited number of features. But I think going forward, it's going to be for the entire network. They're going to try to uh, incorporate more than swaps um, and just basic features. So nice. That's really cool. Um, because that's that's very different from um, a multi-chain, right? Because that's an actual cross-chain, um, where you have like one transaction um, on one of the pair chains trigger something else on another pair chain, and then go multiple steps. Um, as far as I know, like this is a lot of people were even bearish on this uh, type of use case. They think it's not even possible. Um. Uh, for it to be like general purpose, um, so yeah, if they can actually pull it off, it'd be really cool. Yeah, so this is the big narrative for uh, Dot Summer <laughs> right now. Nice. Um, and there's also the the talisman. I know I've showed this a couple times, but they've been making pretty good headway in like the Dot community, and they've. Uh, they kind of got noticed by the dot foundation. And I think ultimately they are going to be like the MetaMask of, uh, or the Kelper wallet of, um, of, of Polkadot and Kusama. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, like <laughs> we've been yeah. <laughs> hearing you uh, show this wallet for the longest time. It looks it looks pretty good. Um, way better than Polkadot.js for sure. Yeah, so, I think that's ultimately what I'm. Yeah, mean to show here. Uh, <laughs> it's better. Hey, Phil came on. Yeah, what's up, Phil? 
Yo, what's up, guys? Yo, yo. Anything you're, uh, you've seen that's interesting? In Polkadot? Or are you talking about... No, just like any anywhere in the market, I guess. Yeah. Oh, anything interesting, you mean? Yeah. Um... Probably just the uh, the ape coin that came out. I think it's getting a lot of traction. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask about that also. Um, I I know a lot of the guys are like shorting right now, <laughs> and yeah, made a I'm not sure that's smart to be honest. Yeah, yeah, but people are. Sh- it seems like people are shorting because they're mad, not because they believe it's bad project. Yeah, but I think it got high way too fast like and there's only like 10 percent claim and people just like started to short it from like i think like 20 dollars or something yeah and then just just been straight down so um but yeah it's very um they finally came out and i think their valuations are pretty nuts right now yeah i think it's over a bill already yeah um, I think for uh, FTV it's like around like 10, 10 bill, I think. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yo, guys. Is this Ape? Yo. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, that thing's crazy. Everyone's talking about that. Yep. Yeah, I think they ha- actually have a session right now going on. Yeah. Have a Twitter session? session? Oh. Yeah, they have a Twitter session going on. Yeah, like. 4,000 people are listening. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's, that's a lot. No, it's nuts, dude. Yeah, like, it's it's absolutely nuts. Um, what's it called? Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, so... I don't know, like, yeah, like, these things... It's it's like ENS... And it, it does have a short time pump, right? Like, ENS and... Um, some of these other tokens uh, looks, yep. But eventually, it's like it it can't sustain itself unless it has like a self generating and um, you know a buyback mechanism like Uniswap or I don't know yeah. what was the other big. Like one inch, I think one inch was like a one pretty inch big. One the drop, Uniswap at the drop. The um, only thing that UIDX. really survived is yeah. Uniswap, I think. Yeah. Nothing else really survived after the. Like, there's a short time pump, short term pump, but eventually it goes down. Yeah, I remember Viper telling yeah. us to buy um, Ape. Do you guys remember that? They're like, oh, the apes are going to go up in, <laughs> that, that in November. Was because of the Oct- that was because of the October party, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was the Halloween party. Yeah, if you bought and just held, I guess, like, you would have made 100k. Dude, just a heads up, we actually, I actually did hurt people saying to buy it, like the guys from Monaco. Mm. <laughs> They told oh, us to okay. buy 48, but it was like pretty low. And they're like, oh, yeah, there's so much crazy stuff coming in. I'm like, um, should I do it or not? <laughs> I couldn't really trust those guys. And 
yeah, I didn't do it. And just, uh, yeah, went to the moon from there. Damn bad. <laughs> Damn bad. Damn bad right now. Yeah, that's crazy. Like me. Did you yeah, guys hear but... about the Mina? Um, yeah, the Mina race. Yeah, Mina race. Oh, Mina Crystal race. Hermel. Yeah, they race 96 mil from um, Alameda and three arrows were the leads, I think. Oh, my God. Or FT- it might have been FTX instead of Alameda, like the FTX Venture. Um Oh yeah, FTX. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's probably that's way more bullish than Alameda, I think. Bullish. Oh man, yeah. yeah. Three arrows just getting in everywhere. Dude, now they're gonna. They have so much capital, dude. Like, I don't even know how many billions that they have. They have. A, they probably have like eleven figures. I think. Yeah, they probably have 11 figures in their capital. Like, Deca bill. Right. Yeah. Like, above 10 bill. Like yeah, this. above 10 bill. Which means that they can put on 100 mil checks more than 100 times. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're more it's worried insanity. about deploying all that than, like... Yeah, it's just insanity. Making small yeah, bets. Yeah. Yeah, like it's it's just like it's so crazy that like how much capital they have, right? So yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, uh, what's it called? Yeah. Um. I think that's about it. Anything else you want? You guys found interesting? Like, stories? I think also ApeCoin is yeah. Yeah, I think also, like, once we have, like, our secret project kind of up and running, we'll have a lot more, like, things that we can, like, share, like, cross-channel, I think, right? Uh, What do you mean? Like, uh... Like, just, like, one channel from the other. And, like, I feel like, yeah, like, I'm just trying to think of, like, how how we can grow this to something more. I think our threads are doing really well for M6. Yeah. Um, they're starting to really pick up. Um, but yeah, just want to see if we can like grow this Twitter space more. Cause it's like, it's so valuable, but I, I just don't know how to like make it take off. Yeah. It's part of the market as well. But, yeah. 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 Like everywhere, yeah. all every single chat is like, you know, twenty percent of the usual model. So. That's true. I mean, the good thing is like we get most of our volume from the from the notes, anyways. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it gets shared around a lot, so yeah. Let's get the Metis guys in there as well. Yeah, Metis guys, um, the Hitler Star guys, um, or even Min. I'm, I'm not sure if she's busy, but um, Hedera is Min probably like, could come um, on. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's a lot happening in Hedera, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, their strategies, I, I think, it's got to be pretty different from a lot of people's. Mm, so, yeah. All right, sounds good. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's about it. 
unless you guys want to talk about something else before we wrap it up. Um, do you want to briefly go over the um, <clears throat> uh, which was it? I just blanked out here. I was looking at it. Uh, oh yeah, do you guys remember the? I mean, it happened like a couple days ago, maybe like a week ago. But you, you know the the whole bet, the the betting oh, happening with uh, yeah, yeah, for the oh yeah, that was epic. Um, so yeah, I think Doquan and um, yeah, Doquan and um, what's his name? Um, one of one of the guys. I'll go. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, it was yeah, Doquan yeah. and um, yeah. I was trading first. Um, they bet a million each, and then GCR kind of jumped in with ten mil, and Doquan matched yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to up it to twenty mil <laughs> recently. GCR wanted to up it to I... twenty mil. Yeah, yeah. He's like, let's do it. Like, yeah, let's not. Like, <laughs> That's it's so crazy. Like pretty big capital, you know. That's not. I don't know if he matched it. Yeah. Yeah, that's well, nuts. He did propose. Wow. Um, yeah, like the amount of yeah. capital these guys can just throw around like that, and that's nuts. Well, like some people are saying that, you know, they're like, this is their like hedge bet. You know, they have actually like a bigger chunk. Yeah, of, this is, you know, this is like a kind of dream to, for a hedge, hedge fund to take against. Someone not in the fund. Mm. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Just hedge it, and yeah, then like it's... do a long. Like, there are so many ways they can do it. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I guess like I didn't really think about it that way. But yeah, I have no idea. Um... Who's gonna win? But what do you, who do you, who are you guys more bullish on? I mean, right I, now, I would. I have a Luna bag, so I'm like, okay, like in a year, if the market comes back, I think it's gonna be a lot higher. But obviously, if the market tanks and everything kind of goes to zero, then yeah, obviously not. But as long as I feel like Bitcoin goes up, I feel like the layer ones will be higher. What about Just, the anchor reserve? Like, if that goes down, what do you think that's going to... Because the anchor... Like, the, basically, if the anchor reserves go down, um, what's it called? They're not going to have... You know, like, they're, they're going to have to pour more money into kind of, like, you know, match that yield, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I, <laughs> honestly, like these guys will have so much capital. I just, I just have hard time seeing like that reserve running out, um, like UST. Um, yeah, like I, I think they'll probably re- like adjust the uh, like the yields and stuff before that happens, like most protocols. Um, and 
you know, hopefully, like, there's more ecosystems that are being built on Luna um, that can kind of, like, keep, you know, um, I guess, like, keep supplying the token and, like, you know, um, make sure sure that there's enough demand there. But, yeah, like, it it just depends on, like, I, I... it just depends on how how like how much demand the Luna ecosystem can, can suck up. But at the end of the day, like it'll all depend on BTC price, right? Because like BTC, if what David Kim usually says is right, which is like B, this is like year for BTC to break out of that, you know, um, like just more, a little bit more alternative asset class um, and break into more of its own asset class, then I think it, it'll allow, yeah, it'll allow like BTC to like appreciate in price because like people will see as like, it's, it's no longer like tied to like traditional assets. Um, it's more of like an asset class of its own. Uh, more like recognized for its global liquidity, you know, all of that, all of those things that we talk about in private chats. Um, um, so, yeah, I think um, if that happens, then yeah, I, I, I do think it's going to go up a little bit more. Like, I mean, obviously, I'm not going all in <laughs> to to that bet, but I, I do have like a significant amount of faith in terms of like, yeah. Like BTC and crypto is just becoming a little more mature and more of its own asset class. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 yeah I wonder what what um what these guys see in in like investing in in Luna and like trading their BTC for Luna. Like, because I think there there could have been something you said. Uh, like. If I'm a fund, uh, if I'm way bigger than crypto, right? Uh, I have so much capital that um, I see this space going up. I want more like sustained yield. Then maybe UST because it's backed by all these cryptos. Like it's uh, um, it's more flattened out kind of growth where I expect around twenty percent per year, um, but. And I expect crypto to fluctuate a lot, but at least over time, over 10 years, I'll perform that. Then this probably is like a pretty unique bet because um, it allows me to, um, uh, what's it called? Like kind of eliminate some of the fluctuations, but still bet on the industry. I don't know if that makes sense, but. Um, yeah, I, I think basically what you're saying is, um, you know, like because of the yield function and like the ability to like ability for Anchor and UST to create yield, it it works more as like a capital's like, um, I wouldn't say safe haven, but almost like a, you know, like stable yield bearing asset rather yeah. than just investing into like the tokens fluctuation based on speculation right is that what you're saying yeah yeah like if someone is bullish on luna or now that ust is back with bitcoin also if they're bullish on bitcoin um but they have too much money they can't justify putting into bitcoin okay let's do a you know us dollar based thing that has yield and they're 
it, it might be more convincing for them to get into that. Right, easier, right. And then and they can do some like hedge magic or something. Yeah, I think it's a it's a really good like for them to start back in their UST with BTC. It was a really good institutional play as well. I think it's so. just like yeah, it was like a really good institutional play. Like like I, I do feel like you Luna team is very smart in terms of like they know how institutional capitals move. They know what their advantages. They know what their disadvantages. So I at the end of the day, yes, it is gonna be a giant Ponzi. And you know, like yeah. it, like everything, it's gonna be a giant Ponzi, right? I don't know if the size at this level and for one year it would be enough to kind of like bring that Ponzi down without a significant trigger. Like if the Ponzi was I guess like I don't know like top 200 market cap or top three 400 market cap it might have been a lot easier and it might have been a lot faster um, just due to the fact that, you know, like the holders and the existing liquidity and all of that is like a lot more prone to external factors. Does that make sense? Like, the, does that like kind of yeah, like yeah, make sense? Home, yeah. Right. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. It wasn't exactly. as big enough, so its cycle were too short. And, uh, and it's like, it, it was like the, like the, Based on all the, you know, like, variables, like, the yield isn't ohm yield. Like, ohm yield was very, very, very aggressive, right? And I think, yeah, like, for, like, it, it was, like, and, and it got them going for a while, too. Like, I, I just couldn't believe that ohm, with the yield that they had, they, like, it could keep going like that, right? Um, but yeah, based on the holders, like, you know, hashed and, you know, like we, we've seen some of the Binance sheets and things like that. And like, they haven't sold like, you know, single Luna or Terra, right? Um, so like there, there's, a, there's very strong foundational kind of like, um, I, I guess like um, support um, in terms of like the institutional investors um so most likely um the liquidity that's going to be fluctuating is like kind of skimming at the surface so based on that i do think uh it's going to be very very like it's it, it's a good bet like either way it's a good bet i don't think it's like tilted any like one way or the other right now yeah because like i i, I can't see this like you know, getting destroyed, um, you know, from where it is. I think the bet was at $88, right? Something yeah. around there, yeah. Yeah, $88, yeah, $88, $88 I think, $88. yeah. Yeah, maybe it was $88. So, yeah, I do feel like um, there's going to be, yeah, like, I mean, like, <laughs> though must be pretty confident. Although it is a, big marketing move because like if you can build that confidence in people with 10 million or 11 million that is a really really cheap way to build confidence <laughs> you know what i mean it's like for a protocol that's worth i don't know like multi-billion if you can use like 11 million 
to build that confidence level, it's a very good marketing. So, yeah, like, I mean, either way, like, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But I, I, I do like how the Terra team operates, including the fact that they saw this as an opportunity. Because, like, think about it. It's like, how does price build itself, right? Like, how does e economy build itself? How does stock market build itself? It's built on faith, right? Like, the fundamental values are drastically lower on any one of those, like, you know, um, asset classes or sectors that I just mentioned. So, you know, like, if you are able to identify opportunities to build confidence like that, and, you know, every opportunity that you kind of identify, like, you take action on like that, I do feel like, you know, they have a shot at, you know, surviving and thriving in the, in the industry. But yeah, I'm, you know, I'm kind of like taking from Neil as well, just becoming a permable. So, I mean, we're still here. Like this is, yeah. uh, for, uh, this is pretty, probably the hardest time to be bullish. So, uh, I think we're all we all deserve some some credit for that. It's been pretty. It's been a while. <laughs> it doesn't feel that hard though. I don't know. It no, I I mean hard. like looking at how wide yeah. everything is. It's it it probably is pretty hard. I think we're just we're actually pretty convinced in crypto. Yeah, yeah I think we're pretty yeah. delusional, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, or <laughs> yeah, delusional. No, it's nice. Comes. Yeah, it's nice to be delusional. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, like you need that. Look at Sailor, dude. Sailor is crazy. Oh, Sailor's podcast on Up Only is great. He... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's such a visionary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like I, I do feel like it, it really helps to um to like have that have that vision. Um I mean like we're building more than ever. Oh my god, like the amount of things that we're building right now, it's it's nuts. So, like, I'm, I'm very confident in our team and, like, yeah, like, what we're going to do after. Um, I, I actually kind of appreciate this market. Um, yeah, uh, like, even though, like, we're losing a lot of money and, like, whatnot. But, yeah, like, I do appreciate this market. So, because it's, like, yeah, like, um, what's it called? Yeah, like we, we we really get time to build instead of just doing deals all the time. And like we get to like kind of like hold our thesis, you know, we get to like get like stronger as a team. We need like we get to hire people, you know, we get to put some structure into things that you know we weren't able to before. So I think yeah, like I feel like it's gonna be I do feel like it's going to be a really good year. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much all yeah. here for uh, crypto experience. It can't get much worse. <laughs> yeah. It's literally, it's literally That's been what they the said. worst for a while. So. That's what they said. That's what they said in 2018. <laughs> and then 2019 came. Oh my god! <laughs> but I mean, 
guys like just stay liquid you know right like just stay liquid and i do feel like just the game name of the game in crypto is survival that's the name of the game we're still so early like as in like i I don't mean like oh we're still early like i see people talking about what asking what nft is in restaurants like not that kind of early but we're still early in terms of like how nascent this ecosystem is in terms of what it could be um based on the playbook that the traditional markets kind of presented right it's so early like options you know m&a's like you know like all these like financial products that you know like rids you know like all the firms like high frequency trading firms you know um private equities like none of that has come in none of that and like protocols are just just starting to work you know they're still going down um you know, like, well, like these biggest protocols, like it's, it's bad, but it's also good because there's still so much opportunity in there. Right. Yeah, definitely agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think there's still a lot of gains to be made also industry in the general, like in general, it's just, way too early at the moment yeah yeah I, I really do agree with like what darren put it's like you just got to find your tribe and then just grind it and ride it out because like at the end of the day yeah like it, it'll pay off like if you just survive with your tribe um yeah like at the end like everything will just pay off Are you guys uh, bullish or bearish here at 40 I'm, I'm perma bull. Yeah, I'm taking after Neil. I'm, I'm really bullish. <laughs> yeah. Even if it goes down, even if it goes down for the next year, I'm still bullish. Bullish dumping. Yeah. Bullish dumping. Yeah. Yeah. Bullish dumping. Yes. Bullish on loss. Yeah. Weak hands moving to stronger hands. Yes. Yes. Yeah, like, yes. You you were getting it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, bro, dude. I I'm convinced. Fucking, I've psyoped my fucking way down on RM Arcade oh like ninety percent. You don't think I've said all the shit to myself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, I think it's just yeah. Like I don't know. Like it's just good to have like a two different time uh, like time horizons as well. Just like have a time horizon where it's like, okay, like, you know, like how I'm going to manage my like portfolio for, you know, next month or two or even like next week or two. Um, But also have a time horizon that it's like, yeah, like eventually I do believe in crypto and, you know, in three to five years we'll be, we'll be up. Like I do hundred percent believe that in three to five years we'll be up. Like there's there's no doubt in my mind. In three to five years, I would not be better than where I am today. Like I I, I like I don't yeah like there's a there's like no doubt in my mind that that's gonna happen. So yeah, it's just like good to have that kind of like two time horizon intersecting, um, and then yeah, 
Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm bullish short-term, also. Short-term bullish and long-term bullish right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. I think we're going to have one more small dip, and then we're going to be out of this range, and then we're going to go to f- mid-50Ks, and then that will be our tie. <laughs> for yeah. for uh, that quarter. Yeah, and like I've talked to people here, like I mean, like ever since coming to Thailand, you know, like I've been talking to like you know a couple of guys here, you know, met the whole like um, the founder of Gilfly, and like it's 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 so early here, like it's it's still very very much like you know, I do feel like a lot of the world, it's like what. We knew about crypto in 2017-18, like the rest of the world is just catching up. Do you really feel that? Like, yeah, so like, it's, it's uh, I don't know, there, there's still significant amount of the option that needs to happen and will happen. <laughs> yeah, it just keeps me really bullish. Like when I'm, I think I'll be like a little more bearish when I realize like this whole sector is like just insanely saturated. Um, and you know, like, yeah, like you, you see like, you know, the, the likes of like maybe real estate, you know, like kind of like real estate, um, level of penetration and understanding. And I'll be like, okay, like I'm a little more bearish now. Like I, I need to do something different and we'll probably find something, you know, to do like, like evolve it into private equity, evolve it into more like complex, like financial deals, you know, like evolve it into more like, you know, um, a little more riskier, like deep up yields and, you know, whatnot. But yeah, right now, just in, in, in general, like you, you throw a dart into something right now, chances are like that thing will be better off in five years. Yeah. So I still feel like there's a ton of opportunities. I think DXY top. So yeah, Hmm? I think short term, uh, I'm pretty bullish short term. Yeah. Yeah. DXY. DXY? Dollar top. Yeah, dollar top, I think. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, fuck, I need to do something with my dollars. Fuck. Anyways. Yeah, sounds good, guys. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely join these calls for now. Um, sorry for missing the last four or five. Yeah, no, no problem. Yeah. Got, got set up. Um, and then, yeah, like, I'll try to bring guests in and things like that. I'm talking to a lot of people from, like, Squiddo. Nice. Um, there's so many quality ones there. Um, we're also building this entire, like, mentor program right now. Um, and there's a lot of people that wants to get involved. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, like, I'll try to bring in more, um, uh, yeah, more diverse guest list. Squid Dow, the one that the the own pork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Squid Dow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They ended up giving everyone like forty two ETH per per. So it's like it, it wasn't a total loss, but I did lose like a million on that. 
mil, 1.5 mil. Fuck. Yeah, 1.5 mil, I think. From the heights, I think I lost like a good seven. <laughs> yes, six, seven. The height. Yeah. Yeah, from the height. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, it went to four mil. I just still can't believe it. I, had, I think I had two squids at four mil. And then, like, no one was talking about it. No yeah. one wants to buy a unit price of four billion. You couldn't even buy like, like three grand of it. It was like the unit price was like too small. Yeah, you had to exactly. Go, like, <laughs> you had to go like five k plus. Yeah, yeah, I know. I I thought it would attract more whales, but it didn't. And then. I just kind of held it until the end. Like I've been doing portfolio organization, um, and then man, I was up so much on like a lot of these, and now I'm down like ninety nine percent, and it's just like it's kind of painful. So I might stop doing it. Just stop the um, portfolio. <laughs> yeah. The most important question is Garland. Are you going to yeah. change your profile picture now? Fuck! <laughs> I know, dude. It's, yeah. it's, it's painful. It's painful to do so because you know how much I spent on this fucking profile photo. Spent like 200 ETH on that. I think uh, Bacon might Wait, have really? a consolation. Tubby. I think so, yeah. Yeah, around the 200 ETH. really costed that much, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I told you, like, it, it spent a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, yeah. At least, um, I, uh, I'm going to try to take over that squid group because uh, he might shut it down. And I still feel like there's a good amount of value there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to try to take over that squid group and then just message everyone. Yeah. Maybe turn it into something. Giga Chad. Yeah. Giga. You, uh, you still holding uh, own bacon? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to get unlocked soon. Uh, I don't know. I probably oh, you're hold, holding own? Yeah. I, I still like own. I mean, it's it's it is what it is. But... What is what is OMAD right now? Uh, it's just kind of <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Slowly <laughs> dying. <laughs> kind of. Twenty less than twenty eight. I think yeah. yeah. Shota, I think I I you know Shota's <clears throat> net worth went from I think hundred mil to about eleven. Yeah. Om, Om is still 800 million. So it didn't drop too much oh, that's more than too bad. like a similar, yeah. Yeah, similar type of yeah. caps. That's not too yeah. bad. It's, yeah. Okay. It's just Gee. everyone hates it now. <laughs> not too bad. Yeah. It's down 7x though. Like 98 <laughs> yeah. from the top. Yeah. No, but that's the thing. It's that's the fun fucking thing. Like I, I was looking at all our like you know some of the like um 
altcoin investments that we did, like just like brainlessly. Um, oh. And those, I thought it couldn't go down after 90%. But you could it's still... still I, no, I realized you could still lose 90% out of that 90%. It's crazy. <laughs> like, you I, ever see that meme? It's, it's nuts. <laughs> Yeah, like, how is that possible? Like down 90% so far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just because it goes yeah, like, down 99% doesn't mean it can't go down another 99%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's isn't that crazy? Like, I just, I find that really, really, I just fascinating. I don't know. Yeah, like, I didn't even know they, they could divide pennies that much. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nuts. No, like, I'm, I shit you not. Yeah, like, it's, I was like, oh, it's down 90%. Like, what's the point now, right? What's the point of selling now, right? And it's like down another 50% there. I was like, no way. Like, how is it possible that it's down another 50%? I was like, 95% can't possibly go down from there. And it goes down another 50%. Dude. And then it's like now at 97. Nine, the fucked up thing is the difference between being down... 95% and then 50% from there only adds 2.5% more in terms of overall down but from 95% being 95% down it could also go down 50% just by going down another 2.5% from the heights <laughs> I'm like okay like this is like, this is, like, endless. Like, you could just, like, uh, yeah. So, I, I just kind of gave up and I stopped looking at my proposal. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I, I, like, my major portfolios are all doing well. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have a, we'll, we'll, like, we'll, we'll survive enough for the next 10, 20, 30 years to, um, to uh, get our get our um, comeback. Yeah. Yeesh. Anyways, I gotta. I, I like. I'm moving out today. We saw we saw a cockroach in our apartment. What? And, and <laughs> you pay like so much, and you still cockroach. Well, not not the. Well, I'm in the Airbnb right now, which is like significant, oh, okay, yeah. like a little bit, like a lot less. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't really know what happened, but yeah, like there's there's been yeah there's been a couple. So. Yeah, like we want to move out ASAP. Nice. So I gotta pack all this and move out. Anyway, guys. Yep. 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 With that. All right. Okay. Yeah, we're still so here. Guys. So, morale's so good. 